Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to Trundle Bed Tales. Today's episode is 106, and it is a roving report to Pepin, Wisconsin, for Laura Days 2019. And before we get going, let's just take a minute to do a little housekeeping. As I wait for the thing to come up, there we go. And uh, housekeeping is always a a chance to remind you to find us all around the web under Trundle Bend Tales on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, on our blog and our website and our videos on YouTube and Vimeo, which I have uh, recently gotten pretty active on. Uh, what with my trip videos, and we are getting ready to uh, post more of those. And as I am, there we go. And I also want to remind people that you can call in with a comment or a question, or if you just want to listen around, uh, or listen. By phone, when the podcast is on, the number to reach us is 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253 or toll-free 1-877-633-9389. That's 1-877-633-9389. And in terms of what's going on with Trendlebed Tales this month, uh, we are going to mostly be doing one-room school programs this week. And while that's something that the public can't really attend if you have a one-room school and are looking like a program, are looking for a program, you can always arrange to have me come and do one at your one-room school. Now, I would like to... Uh, also explain, oh, and before I get further into that, I need to take us back out of housekeeping. All right, so the reason that this isn't really a fully roving report is uh, what I normally like to do when I take a Laura trip is I try and schedule a 15-minute episode at the end of each day so I can kind of tell you what I was doing. And uh, I did get a couple Facebook Lives done during the trip where it was sort of a similar thing, but I was having tech issues 
um, at Pepin, which I since got straightened out. And then at Mansfield, it just seemed like it was always so late by the time I got everything else done that I just didn't get around to it. So I'm instead of doing a roving report on scene, I'm doing a report afterwards. And since I was having tech problems and Pepin, I went ahead and did kind of a list of the things that I would have talked about. So uh, we can, um, so I've got basically a list of what I would have said, but we'll just do it in one big episode. So the first thing was that uh, I uh, left to drive up to Pepin and it was doing its best to try not to storm. In fact, uh, there was, it did storm, but it came in after I was driven north of the area where it was, but we had lovely storm clouds to look at all day. Uh, There were a lot of of homesteads that I've gone by uh, or farmsteads that have that were previously homes and this time I went by and they were businesses I saw four or five just on the road where that had happened Um, the Fayette County tourism spot that I always like to stop at uh, is was well, pretty abandoned, really. It, uh, apparently, they moved their office downtown, and they're no longer doing tourism information right there on the road. And they have that a little house and the cabin and the um, giant watermelon from their watermelon days, and it's just sitting there empty. I mean, it it there were weeds growing in the sidewalk. It looked very sad. I mean, uh, so normally I like to suggest you stop there if you're coming up from the south, but really, not really much point now. Uh, in Decora, there uh, I just did sort of the little loop on the edge. I drove by, or I go in, I uh, hit a McDonald's to get takeaway to go out, uh, go up and eat in Baroque. Um, but I drive partway down Hotel Row, sort of if you're coming from the south, the first real entrance to take you into Decora has a, um, a number of, of hotels and fast food and, and gas stations and that kind of thing right along there. And so I was driving along there, and uh, it had kind of shocked me last year, but Uh, There had been a a hotel that was a family hotel that was sort of uh, the first one in that area. And it's one that was recommended in the first first edition of Little House Guidebook. And I'd stayed there once, and it had been completely demolished. The hill it was sitting in was gone basically totally changed the restaurant that they had in front of it which was really a nice restaurant I was sorry to see it go uh, was gone and it was all now a Fair Philip Inn and Suites so if any of you like Fairfield there is now one with a great commanding view of Decora right in that front area uh, they had also redone McDonald's I think this last year too and I really was was 
quite sorry about that. It seems like for a while there was this theme for designing McDonald's where uh, they really had a local history connection. Uh, there was one in West Branch that was all about Hoover and campaign stops and turn of the century, and it had tin ceiling and beautiful woodwork, and it was just gorgeous. And the one decora was like that, but it was focused on uh, Norwegian things. Decora is sort of a Norwegian center, and even the um, you know enter and exit signs, you know, welcome and thank you. It was in Norwegian, or it was in the normal terms, and, and you know, welcome and thank you, and then it said it in Norwegian under it, which I just thought was always such great, and it was so pretty. And they have redone it the way they have done quite a few of them down here, where they're basically a box holding a giant cell phone with an app, and. I do not like this trend at all. And I, I really think they're making a mistake. But, um, I mean, it's it's sort of the opposite of making people want to sit there and eat. And the longer people sit, the more likely they are to order something else. I, I, I don't know what they're thinking. They're totally isolating the McDonald's from that. It, it just... They're basically trying to turn it into an automat. And as automats went out of uh, business, you know, in the 1920s, I, I don't know that that really is a good model for them to follow. But anyway, so I got my to-go up to Baroque. And Baroque had, uh, I always like to do this because I, I, there were just some great, tea shops that I love to eat at at Decora, and uh, they're all closed down. There's was three of them over the years. They're all closed down. I didn't bother to go in to see the Hotel Winnesheek or look around the downtown area, though if you haven't been, you really should. They have a very nice uh, downtown in Decora. But anyway, I get my to-go at McDonald's, and there are other places around town if you want more of a sandwich. There's um, a couple places even that were uh, mentioned on the Iowa Ingredient uh, t TV show where they always have a chef come in and, and talk. So you can get takeout different places if you'd rather, but I had mine and I go and I sit and uh, in the park that is outside the Masters Hotel and I have lunch there. And then this time I did the tour, which was the first time in like three years since I, that I had done it and some things had changed and um, the uh, one, and there was some news because one was that uh, the American masters, uh, which is the PBS television show, they do documentaries about Laura's or about famous people's lives. And they're doing one on Laura and there have been reports in several places where they've been filming uh, all um, all year, basically. And apparently they've been working on it longer than that. And so there was, a, uh, they were all excited and broke because they were having the, uh, the people from American Masters come in. And they'd had a tree go down in the backyard. 
in one of the storms this summer. And they, uh, it was a, an ash tree, and uh, they cut it up and uh, chipped it for, for mulch. And that's kind of, uh, they remulched that whole little area right beside the wall of uh, the Master's Hotel. And speaking of that wall of the Master's Hotel, uh, they were looking into it and they wall. And they also found a lot of rot because apparently one of the windows upstairs was leaking and the water was getting in there and running down behind the wall. So they basically had to replace that uh, exterior wall on on the outside and they needed and they had gotten a grant from um it's beautiful it's Iowa beautiful beautiful Iowa there's a, a grant that gives historic buildings in Iowa money to paint and uh this is and they got one of those grants and they had to hurry up and paint earlier than they expected because the, this film crew was coming through so they had to move up their time travel to get the, uh, their uh, timetable to get the ash all cut up and to get the painting done so that it would be in good shape for uh, the American Masters people who came. And uh, they came through the week in between Pepin and Mansfield, and it was mostly the camera guy. So um, I'm not sure exactly what they got. And we will be talking about that when I do my report from what happened in Mansfield a little bit more. Another addition, since I had really looked the place over, is uh, church bells are important in Laura, specifically the church bell in Walnut Grove. But the bell of the congregational church in Baroque that the Ingalls family attended had been that that building proper had uh, been torn down or at least modified and the church bell had been taken out and sold to uh, this Quaker church uh, they said and that church was looking to get rid of the bell and so they had uh, I can't remember if they said they sold it or if they donated it but they they got it back in um, Baroque so now they have it on of a little wishing well type um, portico thing and the bells in there at uh, sort of eye level so people can see Baroque's church bell. Uh, and there were, uh, there was lots inside. There were lots of new sign signage uh, from the silo and smoke they became members of that quite a while ago, but I think they must have been continuing to work with them because you could tell from, if, if you're familiar with their work, you could tell it was, you know, from them. It wasn't anything that uh, the hotel had, or that the, the Laura people there had done themselves. It had clearly been working with uh, silos and smokestacks, and there was a lot more of that signage. They rearranged the front room, um, which previously had sort of been where they put general history stuff. It used to be you'd go in there and they had a 
trunk full of things like you might take on a uh, wagon ride, you know, as a pioneer. Uh, they had an example of um, horseshoes and uh, ox shoes, which are different because oxes have um, feet are different than horses. Uh, they're um, cloven feet, so uh, they're sort of in two parts when you put the horse um, shoe on them. Uh, then, let's see, and they also had a couple of replicas uh, that people built, kind of doll houses of uh, variant of the Ingalls homes, and they moved all of that up to on the the second floor the well they moved the the models up to the second floor where they'd previously had sort of kids stuff uh, and they'd moved a lot of the this is what this stuff really looked like uh, down to the basement and it had more of a museum exhibity feel for for part of the basement now uh, then uh, that area that first room was done sort of to look like a tavern um, I'm pretty sure that was what they were thinking when they arranged things the way they did and it has a bar and stools um, kind of bench stools and that is apparently where they start you out now with a video um, uh, it's sort of a short video and tells you a little bit about Laura's life and where Baroque fits in it. And then after that, uh, they take you around to look at the various rooms and they are encouraging people to play the pump organ now. So I got to do that and I got permission to videotape the, um, me playing it. So that is a, a video that is coming up. I don't think I posted that one yet. But look for that. Then there is... Oh, uh, and then another big change was that they got... Um, uh, for Neva and Bob Brimacone's family had donated the Baroque Mercantile Building. Uh, now, this was a general store. I think it goes all the way back to Laura's time. If not, it's pretty close to that. And it had, uh, when I first went, there was a restaurant in it. And then an antique shop on the second floor. Um, it was one of those sort of suspended second floors. If, if you're kind of familiar with that 1890s, 1910s kind of Main Street architecture, you'll, you'll know what I mean. And it's kind of hard to explain if you're not. But it, it, it was sort of a, a kind of pictured as a balcony where roughly the second floor should be. And um, it was like that for quite a long time. And then it closed. It was the post office in town too for a while. And there was an incident about that. And then eventually, really 
supporting that. Like during the days, they had their own food booth instead of really pushing people to go to the restaurant so that they could keep the restaurant going, um, which I thought was a bad plan. But um, anyway, so it had closed again. And for me, for Neva Brimcombe, who was a former director there in Baroque, had hoped to turn it into uh, sort of a bed and breakfast. And it really was a brilliant idea. But her husband was already gone, Bob, who was a great guy and had done a lot of construction at the museum for her. And if he had still been alive, I think it would have been a lot more doable. And she realized she was at the point of her life where it basically was not going to get done. And so they gave it over to the museum in hopes that uh, they'd be able to do something with it. And the plan is, as I understand it right now, uh, they want to have um, that be sort of a video preview area and then be able to use the bank where they have their gift shop. Oh, and the gift shop. And use the bank where they sort of have that gift shop um, tour starting area now become a display area for Baroque non-Laura related things to kind of make that whole little area there um, as sort of a campus. And um, that is going to take a lot of money, so I, I hope that they will be able to do it. All right, so then I left Baroque and I was heading up to Pepin and uh, I got where the State Line Motel used to be, which again was a major place for people, lure people to stay in like the 70s and 80s and it's been quite derelict the last couple times I went by and it's completely gone now. I mean, it, there's just nothing on that corner. I don't know if they burned it or knocked it down or what. I'm sure they didn't move it. It was in bad shape, but uh, I was kind of shocked because I always like to look at it as I went by. Now, in Canton, instead of uh, going the way I normally go, I had a navigation thing in my car, and it told me to turn north on, um, on 21, which was fairly close, and then pointed me towards Winona which actually I think was about 15 minutes shorter, uh, roughly. It also didn't really go through as many towns and the cell phone reception. And it was very up and down, up and down uh, driving. Uh, so I could see some people really enjoying taking that route, but I think I'll probably go back to my normal way on the way home. Uh, so uh, we kept going. There's lots of road work on 63 and on into Pepin. And while uh, after I'd crossed the bridge over the Mississippi, um, before we got kind of through that little swamp area that's right there on the edge of the river, uh, there was a helicopter. And, and I think it was a construction helicopter because they were working on something there by the road. And I think the helicopter had lifted something in and they'd lowered it down. It wasn't, couldn't quite exactly see it, but that's what it seemed like they were doing. And I got a little video of that too when I get my trip video up. Um, so 
I stopped at the, the sign on the way in, which I hadn't gotten video of before. Uh, stopped uh, quickly at the museum. Uh, looked around just very quickly. Used the public bathroom, which is so great. They have a public bathroom now. There was a lot of Renee Grace prints of various sizes. So if you want a Renee Grace print, there are plenty of them there and a price point I think that you would find um, that you'd like and the prints are signed. Uh, so I checked in at the Pepin Motel, which as always, if you're going for Laura Days, try and stay in the Pepin Motel because it's right in the center of the action. If you're going there any other time of year, there are many other places to uh, explore staying, but if you can during Laura Day, stay at Pepin, and they are uh, res reserving rooms. Uh, they have a, a group of uh, rooms blocked for Laura people. So let's make sure they get you. Book those rooms. Um, then uh, we had supper that night at the Garden Pub. A lot of the people who come in from out of town and then do something for the event. And then I filled up at night because um, I always try and do that, not to burn daylight, to go ahead and fill up um, the car when I can. So I did it then. Uh, look, the moonlight was lovely at the lake. I got a couple pictures of that. And I was going to try and get a moonlight shot at the cabin because it was a full moon. But I drove partway there and it was just pitch black and I was like, you know, with the, the clouds there are, I am not going to get this picture. So I turned around and went back. Uh, now, Saturday morning was my, pre or Saturday was my presentation day. So I dressed in my 1890s. My presentation was at 1220 this year. And uh, I walked the areas because I always try and, and do that, you know, to uh, talk to people. Um, I always try and carry the information so people ask, have questions about the event. They can ask me. I tell them about the program coming, and I do a lot of picture taking and uh, video um, filming so that I have you know, stuff to post when I come back. I didn't walk down to the museum because in the morning it kept looking like it was going to rain, and I always walk down to the museum, which is totally doable, and I just – I didn't want to have to drag rain stuff along if I didn't have to. And I just wasn't confident it wasn't going to rain. And then eventually the clouds moved off and it did rain a little bit. So that's how things go. Uh, the traditional craft area is a good mix of stuff. They could always use more demonstrators. So if there's something 19th century that you do that you would be willing to show, be sure to contact them. Uh, they were down to one blacksmith, which was a little odd because they've had up to three before. The potter was there, the flint napper, all kinds of interesting things. Uh, the vendors around the area, there's always quite a few of those. I wish there were some that were connected with Laura a little bit more than there are. Uh, it really is kind of a flea market kind of vibe. Um, where most of the stuff is new craft show. Maybe craft show would be a better thing. It's, it's got a craft show kind of vibe to it. The Pep and Depot Museum is still going. They're adding some new stuff to the gift shop, including a wooden shot glass and, and a paint by numbers. And they have a penny press there. 
So if you are a penny press person, you want to make sure you stop at the Depot Museum. And if you are not a penny press person, bring pennies and quarters with you to Pepin to get the designs done. Uh, also in the afternoon, they had their Little Miss Laura contest, which um, normally, I'm changing my advice a little bit. I have always said that if you wanted to be Little Miss Laura, your best option was to go to Independence because their total numbers are so small. But they are keeping the Little Miss Laura format in Pepin that they used when there was a lot more participation. The first year uh, I spoke, there was like 85 girls that participated. And so they have um, a little sisters section for people below a certain age. Then they have three, uh, three years that you can be Miss Laura. I think it's 9, 10, and 11. I did not double check that, but it's, it's like that. It's it's right there. And double check the rules before you go. And because of that, and the fact that they have a Little Miss Laura for each one of those ages and a second and third runner up for each of those ages, if you are okay with being second or third, then I think Pepin is now the contest to get to. So if you want the best shot at being Little Miss Laura overall, then you want still want independence. If you are happy being doing a really fun, well-organized contest with a lot of girls and still having a fairly good shot at getting, you know, win, place, or show in each one of those three ages, Pepin is, I think, the, the new go-to spot. So, um I, I really want to add, make that clear for those of you who might be looking to be Little Miss Laura Pepin, your go spot. Uh, the program I did was a new program. It was called In Laura's Attic, and um, it was a brand new thing. And I was uh, had I hadn't done it before, and I had something in mind. And it's actually going to become something else entirely because the part I did that, that was, I thought was going to be sort of the quick part at the beginning and then we were going to move on. People loved it so much that I expanded that part and then cut back on the part that was really about stuff in, in Laura's attic. So I think I'm going to be working on that one again to make sure that, uh, or I'm going to work on that one again. I'm going to take the little activity we had at the beginning that went so brilliantly and kind of the stuff that I improvised off of that and kind of keep expanding it. So look for a brand new program with a different name, hopefully sometime next year. Uh, let's see. So basically, I checked all the the area around the green, the depot museum, the traditional craft people quite a few times. I ended the day by writing, or, or at that part of the event, by riding over on the horse-drawn wagon. There was a bit of a problem 
with the loading this year, which was really strange. I've never, I, I almost always uh, take a wagon ride at about that time of day. And I've never, ever seen an incident. And this one had some people who had been waiting a long time. And some other people came up and they saw the wagon coming. So they got out of line and walked over to where the wagon was and said, uh, can we get on? And not understanding that these people had jumped the line, uh, the driver let them. And um, it was unfortunate because some people had been waiting a really long time and there was not room for them uh, to get on then. So uh, just to, to know that there was an issue this, this time. So that is something that apparently might come up, but I've been going there at least 10 years now. This is the first time I ever saw an incident, but I think it's fair to warn people. But anyway, I love to end it. I always try and uh, end that kind of working at that time on the wagon. And then the fiddle contest started and the fiddle contest there, I, I really didn't stay for it. Uh, I mean, I heard a bit of it while I was moving around and doing that, but I didn't you know, particularly stay for it, but it is a major regional fiddle contest now. Uh, very important for a lot of people. There's a lot of participation of great talent. If you like fiddle music, uh, Pepin should be high on your list. Uh, so after that, I went up to the cabin briefly, and the interesting story up there was there was some ground wasps uh, that showed up by the sign, and so there was kind of a bit of excitement getting an exterminator to come out to deal with those, and so uh, they did, luckily, and then um, after I looked around there and got a little footage, got some pictures, uh, went back to the museum and uh, did some looking around there, checking out more stuff uh, in the area. Talked to Renee Grafe a little bit, who is the illustrator of the My Little House series. She was the second speaker uh, this year. She'd done it a couple years before. Uh, and how they have it set up now is that she spends a little time at the park. She spends some time in the museum signing. And uh, she spent some time out at the cabin. Uh, so I ran into her when we were at the museum and she was getting things signed. And that's when I confirmed that the, um, the, print, the signature on the prints uh, isn't just reproduced as part of the drawing. They are actually authentically hand-done signatures. So those prints that they sell in uh, Pepin are are signed print. Uh, the end, oh, and I met a couple of new people working at the museum. They had done some reworking there. Uh, probably most prominently, they had uh, a covered wagon in the museum and they had painted this beautiful mural uh, of, that was a background for the Ingalls driving across the lake with the wagon. And they moved the wagon and, and this was just a couple of years ago they did that, but they moved the wagon away from that and they've now set it up so that you can uh, walk up steps and look over into the wagon and they have it packed with the kind of things uh, a pioneer might have had. So 
they had a similar uh, display to that down at the uh, Pony Express Museum in St. Joe, Missouri. Uh, and I had thought at the time it would be nice to see something like that at one of the Laura sites, and they have that now. Uh, they're also kind of rearranging how they have things, kind of changing the themes a little bit uh, throughout the rest of the museum. And again, watch for the video because they do allow filming there. So I kind of uh, give you a rough tour, um, meaning I'm not going to point out every single thing and what it is and why it is, but kind of walk you around through the space. Uh, watch for that. Uh, after that, uh, we went to supper at the Pickle Factory. Pepin is an incredibly large amount of good restaurants considering the um, size of the town because there are a lot of people who weekend down from the Twin Cities so they can support more of those restaurants and more artist shops and things than a town that size really should be able to. I really don't think you can go wrong not trying any of the restaurants in town but I like the Pickle Factory because it's right on the lake and it's a fun thing. So I usually end up going to those two, though I really should, I suppose, try some of the other uh, restaurants in town. But the Garden Club being outside or, you know, indoor-outdoor dining and that one, they're just my favorite. And that was the end of Saturday. And Sunday I got up, uh, had breakfast with uh, Kitty and Renee, and then went out to the cabin. For a little bit, very briefly, uh, came back, um, did the museum very briefly, and then headed home. And my big extra thing on the way home was I was determined this year to find the Nelson Creamery. Now, I had always gotten really confused over this because there is a place with a similar name and a similar and a sign with a giant cutout of an ice cream cone on it. And I always thought that was what people meant when they talked about the Nelson Creamery but I was completely and totally wrong. Uh, you actually have to turn onto 35 while you were, so off of the main path in, in um, between uh, Baroque and Pepin. And uh, it's just a little ways down the road there. And I actually drove by it the first time and I didn't really see it till I was coming back because the parking lot is actually on, the side away from the road you take to Pepin. But I got to stop there. They had great ice cream. They had great cheese curds, which are the white cheese curds, which are so great. And pretty much all the cheese curds in Wisconsin are cheddar. So I was very glad to see that. Got some of those. Uh, headed back. Went through Spring Valley. Did not take the tour this time. Again, maybe next year I'll get that done. But uh, stopped in checked out their gift shop. They always have really unique things. Not much new this year, but always great stuff. If I didn't already have it, I would have bought more than I did. And uh, we, uh, and then I drove to the, uh, by the Wilder Barn. It is still standing. We had heard reports a few years back now that they were definitely going to tear it down. So far, it has not happened. I am glad to say, uh, but you still can't go on the property. It's still privately owned, and they really are done with Laura fans. They do not want to do anything, so don't 
you know, just take pictures from the road and go on. I didn't bother to drive out to Royal's grave, though I need to do that again. Maybe that tree that uh, is always shading it isn't there. I can always hope. Uh, and um, then ate lunch, late lunch at the A&W. It is a real A&W, not one of these gas station ones. Full drive-in and everything. Do that. No matter where you're going, plan on stopping there. And if you don't do anything else, then get a root beer and a glass mug or something. That's your place to stop. So uh, then I drove on home, and I am about out of time. So that's sort of my report about what I did in Pepin. And look for the videos, which are going to be way more in-depth. And thank you for coming along with me. I'm hoping sometime this week to get the Mansfield update done. And then uh, we'll see if we can get back on schedule with the programs. I am hoping so. And with that, I want to thank you and remind you to brighten the corner where you are. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.